The Chiefs have to take steps forward and make an evolution this season. There's a lot that goes into it, and we're going to hear from inside of that transformation from the Chiefs' very own Mike Burton today on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. This is Locked on Chiefs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform that includes YouTube. Please like, sub, and hit that bell right now. We're brought to you today by Bet Online. Want to make sure that you guys know that they have everything you need for laying your action down. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, the home of the Athletic Matrix, the author of NFL33.com, uh, my newest venture uh, with my staff, including Dan Harms, uh, about the evolution, the front office, how the league is changing. You can track all that outside of the Kansas City Chiefs over there as well. But today I have something special for you. Got back with Mike Burton, the Chiefs' very own uh, special teams captain, as well as fullback. Uh, a lot of good information because this team, quite frankly, is going through an evolution with the departure of Tyreek Hill. Uh, a very interesting little addition that uh, went to the same school as Mike. I think you guys are going to like that. And that's coming up here in a little bit. And then we'll finish later today about the pass rush as a follow-up to last week with the weekend signing of what may have been the Chiefs' top interest as a pass rusher and what that means for them going forward. We'll get to that soon. But also got to start out today on the offensive side of the ball with two players, two young players. Uh, one being Creed Humphrey, who made this year's uh, 25 under 25 list from PFF. Uh, that's written by our old friend Trevor Sikama. And it's great to see him called out. He had one of the best rookie seasons in recent history, going back at least six, eight years. And it's good to see him called out because he deserves that recognition. They have such a specific value in Creed Humphrey that I, I didn't want to see that go un underwhelmed or looked over or anything like that. He is a building block. They have to complete this evolution that we're talking about today with him at the reins because we know that there's an older player in Joe Tooney on one side of him, but there's a, a guy his same age and Trey Smith next to him there. There's likely to be either a young Lucas Niang long-term on the other side of Trey or Darian Kennard. And in the meantime, there could be an Andrew Wiley filling in there as well. So it really is becoming more about what Creed is doing as a leader within the group as well, not just being the you know all pro in terms of his performance uh, center that he is. Maybe he'll actually get those honors this next campaign. We'll have to find out. But on the other side, you have the veterans. And Joe Tooney's obviously getting a little bit older, but... Uh, you need Creed to kind of anchor the middle and, and really lead that group. Now, Orlando Brown's about to get a big contract, I believe. I know they're working on it. They have another month or so to get that done, as I understand, maybe a little bit less than that now. But he will obviously be the premier player should he get the contract we all kind of expect in the 18 to 22 million a year kind of range. But we have to bring it always back to the performance, the, the guy that starts it all, and that is Creed Humphrey. And this is not new for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, LeJerry Sneed was on the 25 for under 25 last year. So you got a building block on the defensive side. And now clearly you have a couple of building blocks here on the offensive side, one being uh, Creed, but also being uh, Trey in last year's draft. And that's all to go with who is still a very young quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. And that gives you, I think, the basis 
for building it going forward. And that particular front, <clears throat> having the blockers up front for Patrick Mahomes, and what we talked about last week, if you missed it, we had a long discussion about running backs and their role and what could be changing for them. Uh, Mike Burton will have a little bit of comment on that as well. That's going to be key because you have to change the offense and evolve it a little bit. I think it needs to go backwards a little bit, to be truthful. Back to when Patrick was first a starter and we had those games where we were calling out how many different targets he got passes completed to. That's going to be key going forward. It makes him very hard to defend, and the running backs have to play a role in that. But none of that happens without the guys up front. So you can see how this is all coming together. And with Legereus on the, the other side, you have that basis. A lot of rookies are going to play on the defensive side this year, but they also have to support Patrick and the offense as it goes through this change, which hopefully won't have a lot of hiccups, but you never quite know. There's always something to it. And at the end of the day, they have to do what they have to do to manage their side and improve the defense. Even if it's, you know, small steps forward, they have to do that. It's Creed Humphrey. <clears throat> and again, being this accoladed player that has to take, I think, the next step forward too in leading the group, not just as a functional piece as the center, but as the vocal leader as well. I think that's key. And with two vets in the room, you're going to have support. You're going to have the leadership of Andy. I, I think that goes a long way. If he can get there, that future proofs them for the next few seasons that I, I think <clears throat> is the magic run here. The next few seasons of Patrick Mahomes' career is when you have him on the books and he's not escalating the cap as much as a lot of other quarterbacks are. So this is the golden hour, the time that you have to take advantage. And I think that they absolutely will. Now, that's my perspective from here on the outside. From the inside, it still looks a little bit different, and it still has some aspects to it that we don't think about. Mike Burton's going to walk us through those as a guy that plays on the offense, that saw more time and more production in the offense than we've seen from a fullback in a little bit. And we'll take a look at the future as well. But it's all about what happens in the room and inside the building, and that's what Mike's going to be able to tell us. We'll get to him in just a minute. But if you want to put action down the line, whether it's baseball, hockey, playoffs, whatever you're looking for basketball-wise, there's a ton of props out there. It's all at one place for you. The number one source for all your betting needs is Bet Online. They have everything you could possibly need from extra pods to all the stats, the scores, the flights, everything that you could want, even for boxing and MMA and all kinds of stuff let alone all the NFL bets that you can go lay down on future props, uh, Super Bowl odds, et cetera, et cetera. Check out the Chiefs in that one, by the way. And then it all comes back to putting your money in play in a smart way. And all that information goes back to help you. And it's all at their website. It's easy to find from any device, particularly the mobile. So check that out from there. They have all the trends and all the action and all the stats that you need. It's bet online where the game starts. So without any further ado, where the game starts now for us is with Mike Burton, the Chiefs starting fullback. Well, folks, you've been waiting for it. I'm very happy to have your fullback, Mike Burton, back. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been a while, but you know, you got to take some rest and relaxation, kind of reload after last season. Now you're back in Kansas City looking at starting to get the ball rolling again. How is it this year getting going? Uh, it's great. Um, you know, that familiarity with the coaches and the players and, and stuff like that, as opposed to last year being my first year. So just great to have that, you know, continuation, you know, from the end of the year and uh, just excited to get better and, and be back with my teammates. 
I think it's really exciting because you're in a unique position. I, I don't think the fan bases always remember that every team's kind of its own beast every year, right? Because you have new guys and you're always like that step farther towards being the vet that they're going to come to and ask like, how do I do this? Like, where do I go? You know, do you find yourself in, in a better position or having more patience? Like here, here, here's how you get this thing done. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I really do enjoy um, talking to the younger guys. Uh, you know, like you said, tell them where to go, kind of how to carry themselves, how to be professionals, as well as veterans too that come from other teams. But but typically veterans that come in, you know, you know, can figure it out and a little bit easier than maybe the younger guys who aren't used to it. So uh, de definitely enjoy that side of it and um, excited to, you know, get going with these rookies. Absolutely. I'm glad you bring up the rookies because you're yeah. in kind of a unique position here, uh -huh. Rutgers grad. Um, yeah. How do you like getting somebody else, you know, a few years behind you, but I, you know mm -hmm. Isaiah Pacheco pretty well, yeah. as I understand. Uh, yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I was super excited uh, to get him in the building, uh, for sure, add him to our room. I think he's a great kid, great back. You know, he's he's a big, strong kid, runs hard. I think if you watch his tape, uh, he runs like it's his last carry. You know, he runs like his hair on fire, and I think that's that's very advantageous for us. I think it's going to bring a spark to the room, to the offense. So, big kid, fast, can run, too. He's got great speed. So, really excited to have him in our room. He's going to do a great job, and um, – you know, obviously being a Rutgers guy, you know, definitely rooting for him. And kind of like you said, I, I miss playing with him, but I'd gone to some spring practices a few years ago and I kind of knew this kid had a chance, you know, even a few years back. Um, so, so glad he's, uh, you know, with us. I'm really, I, I really like his style. Like he seems to aim for the chest plate instead of the shoulders. If we can just get him to aim a little bit outside, he'll miss some tackles. So like, yeah. do we get to see you guys in the same backfield? Have you started bending coach Reed's ear yet about let's load it up? Yeah, I, I haven't yet, but hopefully we can get a Rutgers package in there. I think that, that'd be pretty cool, like Scarlet Knights or something like that. Yeah, right. it would definitely uh, be pretty cool for sure. I'm going to have to come up with something for that. We're going to nickname yeah. that now so it makes it yeah. easier in Coach Reed. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you take a step back, it, what's, what you've seen go on since the, the end of the season, it's changed the dynamic in terms of length down the field. And I know that for me, I'm always looking for a little bit more balance to get you guys on the field more, you being the running backs on the field more to kind of balance that out. And does the departure of Tyreek Hill and the change in the offense that you have to do when you don't have a singular deep threat like that, does that open up the playbook for you guys in the running back room more? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a possibility, right? I think, you know, obviously Tyreek, his um, ability to stretch the field was unmatched. There isn't a better player, you know, in the league that can do that. You know, he obviously got his touches and he was going to get his yards. So in theory, right, that opens up maybe some more catches and, and opportunities for other guys. But at the end of the day, it's it's an opportunity for the backs. And we got to prove that we could do that, um, you know, take over some of those catches and maybe be in, a little bit more involved in the past game and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, and we have the guys to do that. Clyde Edwards, Lair, you know, Derek Gore, Ronald Jones, Isaiah, all, all the rookies coming in, you know, we, we have the ability in the room to do that. So really excited about, you know, where we can get to. Um, we got to just, you know, keep practicing hard and, and getting better and, um, you know, put our best foot forward and just have the opportunity, you know, to, um, you know, cash in on those plays cashing in i like that yeah that's yeah it's probably the best way to put it because it's gonna throw defenses off right so right like, when you guys go to approach this it, i think it opens up a lot of opportunities because it's not a, a singular deep threat you now have guys mm -hmm. that can stretch the field and mbs and mccall mm -hmm. and then you yeah. guys from the running backs in the tight end mm -hmm. position you have some more room underneath it seems like mm -hmm. it because it's not all directed in one way or another mm -hmm. you know you gotta know where kelson hill were last season right 
Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, absolutely. And he's still got to know where Kelsey is. I mean, he's, he's unbelievable. Right. Um, and again, he's going to get his catches and his yards and his production, um, you know, and it takes it upon ourselves to, like I said before, cash in, take advantage of those opportunities, you know, when our name is called. Yeah. So not to segue too hard, but that's all preparation for this season. Like mentally it's difficult coming off of last season and mm -hmm. only one team ends up happy at the end of the year. Right. right. So mm -hmm. I'd like to take a step back and you as a veteran player, like the off season hinges from, Oh, you're all this, this pressure in the playoffs. Then your season's over. If you are that happy team, great. Good for you. Go on vacation, have a good time. Right. Yeah. But if you're not like how mentally challenging is it to get to the point where you can turn that page and start looking forward in the off season? Yeah, um, there's no question that it's it's definitely a tough time after you end that you you end that game and you, and you don't finish with a W, right? Um, just because of all the work and the preparation and the sacrifice to get to that point and to not be able to finish um, is very difficult. But you know, there's some motivation in the fact that look, you know, we're, we know we're beyond capable of getting there. And now it's just it's just finishing that game, right? So there is a motiv motivation standpoint, like hey let's get back to work. We got to work even harder now because we have to finish that game. It's not just good enough to get there. We got to finish it. Um, and of course they know the feeling. I don't know the feeling of, of going to and winning a Super Bowl. There's obviously veterans on the team that do. So um, I, I, I look to them, you know, to look at their work ethic and, and the sacrifice and, and what it takes to get there. So, um, you know, I think it, you take a little bit of downtime, but then you try to get right back to it because you got that bad taste in your mouth. And the only way to fix that is, is to play another game. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, it doesn't happen until August, you know, um, you know, preseason, obviously the regular season, September, but you just, you kind of just build that fire slowly. Um, and then you just get excited when you can start, you know, playing real games. That, that said, turning that fire and starting to restoke the flame again, that, that's yeah. got to be a transition. And so mm -hmm. when you're training away, you're trying to keep yourself physically limber, like you're probably working on whatever lingering mm -hmm. nicks and knacks you had from last yeah. season. Mm -hmm. What does what the draft preparation come in for? Like how, as a veteran, do you watch the draft because you care about who's coming at your position group or do you mm -hmm. care or do you just take the weekend off? Uh, no, I, I like the draft just because I'm a football guy. Like, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before. When I'm done playing, um, I either want to coach or I want to get into the scout and like the personnel side of things. So I actually love and everything that goes into the draft. Like I'll follow the combine. Um, I think it's all really interesting, and I kind of love that. I like that side of the football as well. So I'll watch the draft. I mean, you're going to get new teammates, you know. So I enjoy you know seeing who we picked and what position, and they always like throw some highlights up there to you know get a little bit of feel right. for them and stuff like that. And you know he's going to be a new teammate, teammate. So you want to learn a little bit about him. So um, you know when you go to introduce yourself, there's you know some conversation starters and stuff like that. So um, I try to learn as much as I can about my teammates because you know at the end of the day it takes everyone you know to get where we want to get to. So might as well you know learn about them and stuff like that. Plus I, I do really enjoy the draft. So. I like to watch it. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Because I think yeah. a lot of coaches do that too, because they might take yeah. a wrinkle for something they saw on film. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I, I, I like that aspect because then, then you get in the circle thing going back. The college coaches are emulating the pros and the pros are like, Oh, we'll, we'll just rip that away and use that in a different way. And coach. Yeah. Really good at that. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's uh, he's really good at that kind of stuff. There's no question. Okay, so so now's the part where we can get a little propaganda going because um, everybody in the West came gunning for you all. I mean, there's no mm -hmm. way around it, right? Mm -hmm. That that's the way it reads to me. Does it read like that to you that everybody's looking for you guys? 
Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but that's the position that you want to be in. You want to be the be the team that people are trying to chase. Um, you know, you kind of have that uh, mark on your back, so to say. But uh, it means you're doing things right, and I think you're, you're winning. You're winning games, stuff like that. So we want to keep that momentum going, and we want to, you know, continue to, you know, separate separate ourselves, you know, as best as possible, right? And and that and that's why we're here now. Guys are working extremely hard you know, getting those reps and honing in on the details and, and all those different things. So, um, you know, feel really good about where we are. I know there's no way to take anybody lightly, so I'm not going to ask something silly like yeah. that. But you had a pretty good game against the Chargers last time out. Is that something – does that stick in your mind? Like, I, I want to go back and, and improve on that and make them feel my presence mm -hmm. more next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that could come in, in, in any game, right? It doesn't necessarily have to uh, have to have been the Chargers. But again, like we were just talking about Coach Reed and putting, you know, guys in the best position possible to be successful. And that's what he did, uh, you know, those play calls where he was able to get me the ball. I mean, he just, you know, those play calls at those specific times were just were very key. I mean, you could tell the defense um, – I don't think they were expecting it. And I think that just goes to show like coach Reed's feel for the game of when to call it, when not to call it, even when he would call like a dive versus a fake dive. Like it, it was really amazing just his feel for it. So, um, you know, whenever he can, he gives me opportunities. I want to definitely make sure I take advantage of those. Yeah. I, I can imagine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and for folks who think that, Hey, you know, you have a dive and you might have an off tackle play or something like that. Like I, I'm not going to ask for numbers. But yeah. everybody ought to know there's more plays in the playbook for you than just the two things that we see typically, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I mean, yeah, 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 definitely, for sure. Yeah. It, it helps people, I, I think, underestimate, like, how big the playbook really is in terms of how many variations can go through at any yeah. given time. And just right. a concept can be replicated for anybody mm -hmm. in this offense, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there could be one concept, but it can be formatted many different ways. It can have different players at different positions running it, depending on the matchups and stuff like that. So um, you could definitely change things and mirror things, um, you know, so, you know, uh, keyed up with the run game, depending on what we have for the run game in that week. So yeah, there's, there's definitely ways to replicate it for sure. Well, I'm excited. And you've given me a ton of time. I appreciate yeah. you being here and welcome back to Kansas City. Get training. No, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And a big thank you to Mike. Really appreciate him coming back on. You can see the other half of that interview over on RGR Football. Uh, we kind of split that up because we wanted to give you a piece everywhere that we could and a lot of good information there. So when we get back, we're going to finish up in what was a new update for a topic we talked a lot about last week and how the Chiefs can change their pass rush. They need parts. You need parts. I need parts. Everybody needs parts. Unless you're a mechanic, you can order them wholesale. You got to find a place to get them where you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go to a counter. You don't have to wait for a warehouse. And that's at rockauto.com. They have everything you can need in one spot. And you don't have to worry about the vendor having in stock or not being able to find it or trying to gouge you at the parts counter. That's what happens. You can save 30, 50, even 100% by using rockauto.com to get your parts for your vehicle. It saves you time as well, and that might actually be the more important savings right now. They have everything from carpet to sparks plugs to tailgate lights, everything that you need. I should probably get a backup camera now that I think about it. That's a good idea. Over there, it's super easy, super reliable because they've been doing this 20 years, and they're a family business. They make it easy for you. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now, put all the parts that you need for your vehicle into the cart, and then when they ask you, how did you hear about us, they have a little box that you can write in 
locked on. That helps us and that tells them that you're here from us. That makes everybody happy, gets you the parts that you need, lets them know that we're trying to help you out as well as them. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car or truck are ever going to need over at rockauto.com. So that brings us around to the last topic for today. And big thanks to Mike Burton for sitting in with us and, and giving us his perspective. I love talking with Mike because he sees it all from a unique perspective of a veteran inside the building. Now, inside the building is still a question on the pass rush side. <clears throat> and we saw Jadavian Clowney re-sign with the Cleveland Browns this weekend for a one-year, $11 million deal. That's quite a bit of money. It would have taken some wrangling for the Chiefs to match that. But as I understand it, the Chiefs had made a couple of calls. And from what we saw reporting-wise, there were at least two other offers in that range, if not a little bit higher, that he decided to decline to return to the Browns. At that point, when you've had success with a team, it's natural to want to go back. So I can't really blame him for doing that. Now, you guys know that I'm not a huge proponent because it was one year of performance, and I like to see a little bit more <clears throat> consistency that way. But the fact that the Chiefs were interested, apparently, and if they did make one of those offers that's being talked about, that tells me that they are to the point where they saw enough from him that they thought that that was enough, even though it was a one year, and that they were apt to make another move despite drafting George Karloftis and trying to shore that up with another veteran. Now, that's a smart move. It's savvy. I think you have to continue to look that way. And so because Clowney's now off the table and going to Cleveland, that changes things a little bit. And I know a lot of folks in, in Chiefs Kingdom had wanted him around. Now it comes back to guys like role players like uh, Carlos uh, Dunlap. You can go back with with Hicks and see what you want to do there. Um, there's a number of ways to approach it. But it's clear to me, as we've been discussing and as we talked about last week, that the Chiefs recognize that they still need some help as well. And I think that's the more important takeaway here. It's not that they, they fired at a player and missed. It's the fact that they understood they needed to go do something and they attempted to correct it. I don't think they're done. Now, does it turn to one of the other free agents who are obviously a little bit farther down the list? Um, I do still like the mentor aspect of a Ryan Kerrigan signing just to help George Karloftis because their games are so similar. Um, but that wouldn't be a production thing. That would be a, a locker room ad, basically. Um, so could they still try to wrangle somebody away? Um, the Washington edge rushers. I mean, there's a couple of people that think the Saints edges might be available. I don't, but I'm not sure I would want them if I did, <laughs> except for the fact they're on rookie contracts. You got to take a stab at something. And I think that the front office understands that. And they are going to continue down that road to find an answer to supplement what they have in George Karloftis. But I do think that they are comfortable in starting him and playing him 80% of the snaps. Um, I think they're comfortable with Frank Clark. I think what becomes is you need a third pass rusher that can sub in for one of them here and there and be a rotational player specifically on the pass rush downs to get to the quarterback. And that's really what you need. Beyond that, it's all gravy. So let's see what they do. Let's see what they come back with. And I don't think it's over. This week's going to be fun. As you're hearing this, as it's released, they haven't started OTA practice uh, in phase three, but possibly by the time that you're hearing this, they may be. So we will have news this week. I hope that you guys enjoyed this. Um, if you would, on YouTube, like, sub, hit the bell, and leave a comment um, so that Mike knows that you enjoyed this particular piece. And same thing over on any of the audio platforms, Spotify, iTunes, leave your reviews. Let Mike know that you dug hearing from him. I think that would be great. Thanks for spending your time. Thanks for checking out the folks that support us in Rock Auto and Bet Online. You guys have a great day, and we'll be back and talk to you tomorrow.